Blue Wire. Let's get it going. Yeah. Let us begin. First of all, would like to talk about how Utah Jazz are number one basketball team in all of NBA. Utah Jazz. <laughs> Utah Jazz do not even need Michael Conley, number one all star. <laughs> they have Jonathan Mitchell and Rudith Gobert. Huge fan of how Utah Jazz play basketball on both sides of the ball. Hello, hello, and welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah Jazz podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, with me, Sarah Todd, Jazz Beat reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, Greg Foster. Greg, this episode is coming out a little bit late because we had some, some different stuff going on in the back end, but quickly, we're going to recap what happened in game two. Jazz are leading the series 2-0 against the Clippers. Taking care of business and, and not going to overtime. Mm-hmm. Not going to overtime. That's actually a very good point. Which they haven't won an overtime game since Donovan Mitchell's rookie season. So we're not gonna... yeah, incredibly good thing they're not going to overtime. No, no reason to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> Some good things that we saw in that game too. Donovan had another good game, came out really firing on all cylinders, as we say. Yes. Also, Jordan Clarkson looked pretty good right from the outset. And once again, Boyan Bogdanovich is an all defensive player. Yeah, the man, I don't know what switch has been flipped. I don't know, like what neurons are firing in his brain that weren't firing before. But that man is possessed. Yeah, that man me. got a defensive devil, a defensive demon put in him. <laughs> Probably from Quinn Snyder. You yeah. know, I imagine that Quinn Snyder just has like a cauldron just like yeah. hanging around in his basement somewhere. And He's that definitely man, conjuring defensive yes. demons. <laughs> I can't believe how good Boyan has been. There was one particular play. I think it was in the third quarter as uh, Kawhi was getting going and the, uh, the Clippers were making their run where he took Boyan down into the post and was, it was trying to, uh, you know, get position and Boyan was not conceding an inch. And then, forces Kawhi into like a fadeaway baseline jumper that clanks off the front rim. And I looked at my wife and I was like, that's the best defense I've ever seen Boyan play. And the fact that he's doing it against Kawhi Leonard. Against Kawhi. It's so weird. One of the most gifted offensive players in the league. I wrote about this exact topic yesterday and was looking at sort of the defensive numbers and Boyan has played a total of 826 in isolation defense against Kawhi, uh, eight minutes, 26 seconds, and Mm -hmm. has held Kawhi to seven points on seven field goal attempts. Is that good? One assist. I think that, I mean, I think that's good. That's very good. It's not exactly like a one-to-one comparison, but if you look at what Rudy Gobert, he's played a total of one minute, 35 seconds against Kawhi and Kawhi has scored 10 points in that. So against like eight times that amount of time against Boyan, just seven points. I mean, are, are we sure that the right Jasmine won defensive player of the year? <laughs> yeah, we're I mean, not sure. 
I did see a tweet just to back up Rudy a little bit from Tim McMahon that said something like the jazz with Rudy Gobert on the floor in the game two had like a 97.3 or 97.7, somewhere, somewhere around there, the 97 point range when he's on the floor, when he was off the jazz were 169.9. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's obvious that Rudy Gobert is the best defensive player. He's so good. He's doing, and like that feeds into like, the way that the other jazz players are able to play defense because they can trust what's behind them. And so they can mm-hmm. be a little bit more aggressive on the ball. They can play a little bit closer. They can play a little bit higher on things because they know that if somebody slips through that there's, you know, that second line of defense who just happens to be Rudy Gobert, who's amazing at what he does. And I mean, we saw in game one too, that it wasn't super effective when they were trying to pull him out of the paint, when they were playing Marcus Morris at the five, I mean, they, they shot well in the, uh, the first half of game one, but that wasn't Rudy Gobert's fault. No. And then, you know, they tried to make the adjustment now with Zubak in the starting lineup. And like, I will take Rudy Gobert every day and twice on Sunday against Zubak. Nice, nice center. Good player. Not nearly in the caliber of Rudy Gobert. And I thought in game two, Rudy Gobert kicked his and you look at the stat sheet, the man had 20 rebounds and three blocks, just absolutely dominated the paint. And I had it in my notes, especially in the first half, that like the Clippers were not going in the paint at all, especially the coward Paul George. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, there were there were, I don't know, four or five, six plays in the in the first half where Paul George got the ball isolated and drove into the paint and then saw Rudy Gobert on this, on the switch or on the rotation and was just like, Nope, not happening. And then they, he settled for mid range jumpers, fadeaways, things outside of the paint. And that was a big reason why the jazz got that 21 point lead early in the third quarter. I was talking about this with Sabrina Merchant who covers the Clippers. The question was, is there some mental aspect for Paul George playing the jazz? And I feel like there, there has to be, cause it's like, you know, we hear from Paul George, nah, it doesn't matter. The crowd's yelling, push off P they're chanting overrated. That doesn't really do anything. People are asking Joe Ingles about the matchup. He's like, nah, I don't think that's a story. There's no way these guys aren't thinking about it. Right. Yeah. There's no way. I think also it's just the style of play that the Clippers play. Go back and watch Paul George was when he was on the Thunder, his best season in the NBA. Paul George plays so much better and feeds off having some sort of playmaker who can set the table for him. Right. And the Clippers don't have that. Well, and I so guess like, that's that's the idea around like going out and getting Rondo, right? Right. But like Rondo's Which, not what he used to be. Rondo is washed with yeah. a capital W. Yeah. And I mean, I know he had a nice run with the Lakers last season but if sure. you look at that if you look at that Lakers rosters in comparison to this Clippers roster yeah it's night and day man like you're playing with LeBron a healthy LeBron and a healthy Anthony Davis and a slew of role players who were really good and really deep and it's easier to set the table when you've got that much talent than the Clippers who are kind of struggling and don't seem to have that depth that I thought they had early in the season and even coming into the playoffs. Now, a big point of emphasis that people have been talking about was the Clippers going into a zone defense and the Jazz just not responding well to that at all. 
to that, I say good job on Tai Lu for actually doing something that worked. If you threw something against the wall, it stuck for a little while. If I'm Tai Lu, I definitely go back to that in game three. I try it again, right? Maybe not from the beginning. I don't think you can start out a game in zone like that. Right. But you at least try it again, especially if the Jazz start to get up. You kind mm -hmm. of switch it up a little bit. I don't see the Jazz making the same mistakes that they did. There's no. No, there's no way Quinn Snyder didn't sit them down to watch some tape and be like, see what you're doing? You're playing isolation ball. The ball's not moving. You're not using the screens. Don't do that when they go into zone. Move the ball. Right. We saw all season long when teams went into zone defense, the Jazz just cooked them. Yeah. And they need to get back to the drive and kick game and moving the ball. And that's when they're at their best. And that's how you beat a zone. Now, part of the problem is that well, we just found out right before recording this that Mike Conley will not be playing in game three. He's one of the guys that you want on the floor when a team mm -hmm. goes into zone because he gets that ball moving and he runs really well, whether it's with the floor super spaced or whether he's playing in pick and roll. He just does those things really well in initiating right. movement. The Jazz have the weapons to do that without Mike Conley. And yes. so I think that's the challenge tonight is once again, without Mike Conley, after you, after the Clippers sort of had some success, yeah. can you continue to break down their defense? Yeah. What we need is a repeat performance from what Joe Ingles did in game three, best game of the playoffs. The man was fabulous. Let me pull up. I think he was 19, four and four for the game. Uh, a plus 21, which led the jazz in plus minus and was four of seven from three really did that really nice job of being the second ball handler and running the offense and getting guys open looks. And he just looked comfortable and aggressive and looked the best that we've seen him in these playoffs. And we absolutely, well, we, the jazz absolutely need him to do that. He played like he did in the regular season. He was awesome. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice for him to see, to see him get it going a little bit earlier. He, he's brilliant down the stretch uh, yes. as, as well as Royce, Boyan, our boy Jordan. They, they were all yeah. very good in with really timely momentum shifting buckets that were very yeah. important at the end. I would like to see Joe be a little bit more aggressive early on in the game. That I would agree with. I, I think, and what I really want to see too from this Jazz team is again, the complete 48 minutes. I thought they played very well for about 42 minutes, you know, but they hit that zone and hit, hit the skid. And I thought Jordan Clarkson kind of went out of his way to play hero ball. And right. you, know, you blew, you blew a 21 point lead right. at home. Right. And you let, you let Reggie Jackson cook your <laughs> man had 27 points, hit those big back-to-back -back threes that put the, Clippers up by two and we said it before the series even started you can't let the role player guys get going yeah well Reggie Jackson is such an interesting case study in that because right he seems to shoot the best actually when he's got a hand straight in his face he likes to hit those shots and so I think that for him it, it's really about confidence and rhythm. Like you cannot let him get going early because then at that point he's like, I'm not even going to miss yeah. even if your hands in my face. So you really have to stay yeah. on him early 
so that later in the game, if he is the one taking those spot up shots, he hasn't been seeing the bucket go in all game. I think he has a greater chance of missing right. those with a hand in his face late in the game if he hasn't made like three in the second or third quarter already. Absolutely. You know, and and to Reggie Jackson's credit, he was the one clipper who was not scared to take the ball inside. Right. He was the one who was actually going at favors and going at Gobert. And just speaking of favors, we need favors to be better than he was in game two. The, right. the, I mean, especially like that was a big reason why the Clippers were able to come back is that it was a layup line when Gobert went to the bench. We've seen favors at his best throughout these playoffs. And that I mean, absolutely game one. has to, yeah, game one throughout the, the series with the Grizzlies. That's the Derek favors we need. Right. I don't want to just single out a single player because I thought a lot of the effort during that skid was pretty piss poor. Yes. But I thought that that Derek Favors stuck out. I also thought as good as Donovan Mitchell was throughout that stretch was really bad and straight up just gave up on two defensive possessions, which happened to be the two defensive possessions that got the Clippers the lead when Reggie Jackson hit back-to-back threes. The silver lining in all of that is that the Jazz had a lot of possessions where they didn't play their best. It's, you know, game one was more complete, but Donovan was bad in the first half. Game two was sort of up and down with little mistakes spread throughout, but no like grand collapses, except for when the Clippers went into a zone. We still haven't seen the Jazz play like a very complete aggressive game top to bottom. We always say you're never going to have a perfect game, but you can have a complete game with like engaged effort for 48 minutes. We haven't seen that yet. That's the silver lining. They're up 2-0 and they still haven't given it their best shot yet. Yeah. And again, the Jazz, their resiliency has been phenomenal throughout these playoffs. You go down two, you end up on a 14 to two run, you get a double digit lead again, you hold defensively, end up winning the game by six. Like, yeah, to be able to have a team that can, that can turn it on again. I sound like a broken record when I say that I, you know, I'm not always happy that they have to turn it on. Right. But that throughout almost every game of these playoffs, that's been the ace up their sleeve and they've been able to pull that out and pull out the game. So hats off to them for not having, for not quitting, for not getting flustered. I think that Donovan Mitchell was a fabulous calming presence during that 14 to two run. The guy really is elevating his, his game. He's been one of the top five, top three players throughout these playoffs. He's been so good at not only getting buckets, but executing and just really dictating how the Jazz play. And hats off to that, man. I don't think there's an argument anymore about whether or not Donovan Mitchell is a superstar. I really think that that argument is over. Because we're talking about who's, yeah. who, who's been the best players in these playoffs, especially of the players that are remaining. In my mind, it's Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul. Devin That's Booker's it. up there too. Yeah. I mean, and but yeah, those are the best players in the playoffs right now. You're not going to have a list that small and have it be like, oh, well, you know, is Donovan Mitchell a superstar? No, it's already there. It's already happened. Right. Especially when he's having the best games of his season in the playoffs when it counts the most. And they're not even when he's at his best. Yeah, there's there's better to come. 
he can absolutely be better. And I'm, I really am impressed with him when he talks after the game about like, he can be better. Pointing out his own mistakes. Mm -hmm. And being like, you know, the man is averaging 41 points and like six or seven assists against a team that many picked to be in the NBA finals this year. Right. Including yours truly, who again is a gigantic dumb. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But like, it would be very easy for him to toot his own horn and be like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm in the zone. I'm feeling it. And he's not doing that. And I think that shows a lot of maturity and, willingness to get better uh, it, it it doesn't seem to me to be just lip service like there's there's the, kind of like that that palpable desire to be better right and you you love to see it out of your superstar a few more takeaways Ty Lu. what the hell just, is he doing he's just fiddling with rotation like he just just throwing players out there. I mean, and this is what I'm hearing from like a lot of the Clippers people is that like, that is Ty Lue's sort of style is to throw player as many players as he can out on the floor during the first half, just to see who kind of has it that night. I just like, don't trust that style during the play. It doesn't make sense to me. Let's call it what it is. This man is throwing at a wall, hoping it sticks. His rotations are cheeks it's so weird because it's like if you're using the whole first half to feel out which players have it i feel like that is sort of disrespectful to your own players by saying not everyone has it not everyone can have it through the playoffs it's like it's kind of what they have to do it's what every other team has to do is just have it (laughs) like imagine your your boogie cousins or rondo and you like you get like some decent run in game one and then i don't know did rondo even see the floor in game two rondo dnp yeah super super weird or like that boogie plays 11 minutes terrence man played one minute how is terrence man not in this man's rotation terrence man is a nice is a good player and he <laughs> tyloo literally is like no he's not playing <laughs> so i mean cool continue to throw Continue to throw Luke Kennard out there in crunch time and have him guard Donovan Mitchell. Eventually, Donovan Mitchell is going to get arrested for assault for what he's been doing to Luke Kennard in these playoffs. That man has Luke Kennard in defensive hell. Luke Kennard played uh, a total of 10 minutes in game two. Three Many of, the- of which were down the stretch. Three, three minutes in the fourth quarter. Why? <laughs> Why? I mean, I think it's great that the Jazz have another another player on their roster. <laughs> Luke Kennard. No, I was going to say Ty Lu. Yeah, that's true. He's been he has been one of the Jazz's real. I mean, I have it in my takeaway. Ty Lu shine for the Utah Jazz in Game Two. Shine Ty for Lue. them in Game One. He's been Ty, great. Ty Lu, Utah Jazz MVP. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. Let me see what else. Let's talk. Let's talk a few more, few more takeaways and some adjustments. And then it's a hundred something degrees in St. George and I'm going to the pool. Absolutely. Um, So big takeaways. The jazz are up to nothing with an all-star on the bench. Right. Like you're in an amazing position and your guy's getting healthy. And I know he's not playing again tonight, but still like you have to be confident that you can do this. You've done it twice in a row. 
Uh, I thought one of the things that was really incredible in game two is that the Jazz played within themselves. The stars did star things. The role players did role things. And I loved your column that you had in the Deseret News that it's nice to have Donovan Mitchell and Conley and your other all-stars as your closers. But the Jazz have so many weapons. When Boyan's playing hard, when Royce O'Neal is playing hard, when Ingles has 19 points, when Rudy Gobert is completely shutting off the paint, that's that's when the Jazz are at their best, and I thought they really did a good job of all filling their roles. Again, seizing those means of production. Thank you for saying that you liked my column, first of all. You know, and a lot of that was, you had that moment in the fourth quarter where it was uh, they called a timeout, and then Donovan was going to take like one dead ball possession mm-hmm. out. He was going to take just like a tiny little breather, and then the Jazz went up. They were able to you know do that they turn it on without their star on the floor they mm-hmm. were able to take control of the game and it says so much about about this team and just the way that they it, Quinn trusts everyone that was on the floor without Donovan right. out there in a really crucial stretch of the game uh, Donovan trusted the the decision to let him take a breather everybody else on the floor was cool with it and they knew that they could still control the game it's just a lot of trust and belief in everyone and I think yeah. that that really does make this team special. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They, I mean, they're just, they're so locked in right now. And you can see that like, it's not only that like, oh, I trust you to make this shot. It's like, I trust you to do your job. Like I don't have to overcompensate on defense because I know that you're going to, you're going to follow your man and you're going to rotate. Another impressive stat is, you know, when you shoot 55% from the field and you hit 23s, chances are you're going to win the game. We've already talked about all of the great individual performances. Donovan, Rudy with 20 rebounds and three blocks. Ingles, Clarkson was a flamethrower. He had 24 points. O'Neal and Boyan making all NBA defense. Adjustments for game three coming up tonight. Number one is don't get beat by a zone. Yeah, move move the ball. That's That's all it takes. You've got so many shooters. You've got so many great players. Just move the ball. That's it. I thought a lot of it was just like a lack of focus and a lack lack of execution. Again, still looking for that 48 minutes. Still Put it together, for, guys. Yeah, still looking for that. Uh, don't don't let Reggie Jackson get confidence in the first half. Don't let it happen. Because nope. he, he's the guy that's apparently sniping for them now. So yeah. you need you need to like break him down a little bit earlier on in the game. Part of that is favors, my guy. I love you to death. You got to be game one favors. No yeah. more repeat performances from game two. Way too many easy looks at the rim. Again, when Gobert's off the floor, the Jazz had a almost 170 defensive rating, which is as not, not great. <laughs> as piss poor as it gets. And then uh, I don't. It's, this isn't an adjustment, but it's it's a question. And that is how healthy are the guys? We saw Donovan wincing, and he obviously was not the same player he was in the in the second half as he was in the first half as well as you know Boyan came down on Boogie Cousins foot and seemed to uh, be hobbling a little bit with his ankle so I'm very curious to see how they are right then what the information that I have on that is that neither Boyan or Donovan Mitchell are on the Jazz's injury report and people can be in their you know in their tinfoil hats as much as they want about that but my alien Tim Boyle hat noise that reminded me of a uh, space ghost. Did, 
never mind, doesn't it? That's a reference that very few people are going to know. Especially with what has happened recently with Donovan, the Jazz's training staff has to be very careful because there's a lot of stuff. People don't understand like how much information is passed between the team and the league office every right. single day, multiple times a day about injuries and how much documentation there is. Every time someone is examined, x-rayed, MRI'd, any, any little tweak, anything is, is well documented. And if it is not, then those are big problems for the teams. And I think that there's a bit of a microscope on the Jazz right now because of the weird stuff that happened with Donovan in game one of the first round. So the idea that like they're playing gamesmanship with Mike Conley and keeping him out because they know they beat the Clippers. No, no, no. It's, no. The, sec- it's the second round and it's the Clippers and they were down 0-2 to the Mavericks. First of all, the Jazz are not playing gamesmanship with him. When Mike Conley is ready, he will play. And if Donovan was, leg- I mean, even if he had something like, let's say, let's say like a, a deep bone bruise, they'd list that on the injury report. He could still play listed is important i think that boyan's ankle thing was just you know you turn your ankle sometimes and it just like stings for a second but then it doesn't swell or anything i think that that's what happened because we would have heard about it um so them not being on the injury report at all all through yesterday and today i think that those guys are fine it's a playoffs man there's going to be bumps bruises and you're going to beat up if it's not physical it's probably not playoff basketball and so right now i would say that Health looks good, but Donovan has taken a, a bit of a, a bit of a beating here. He is still very big, strong boy, number one Utah <laughs> Jazz player. Uh, Victor's back, right? <laughs> yes. Thank you for listening to number one Utah Jazz podcast. Number one Utah Jazz podcast, unsalvageable. I, I, it's hard for me to say that word. Yeah, okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, download. Leave us five-star reviews. We love those. Follow Greg at DadChimDad. Follow me at NBA Sarah. Follow the show at Unsalvageables. Send us an email at unsalvageablepod at gmail.com. We love you, and we will speak to you soon. I go to pool now. Okay. Okay. <laughs>